welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. God bless you, Genesis. How are you guys doing today? Come on, how are you guys doing today? Thank you so much for joining us online if you're watching us. Uh, We're so thankful to have you guys here today. Uh, My name is Pastor Johnny Sierra, and uh, I am the creative arts pastor here at Genesis Church. Pretty much I got the coolest job here at Genesis. I get to do a lot of great things, but give it up to the, for this worship team. Give it up for this worship team. I get to work with them week in and week out, and I'm going to tell you something, there is no team better than this team. The production team that we have back there, give it up for them. They are, I'm telling you, collectively... There's no team better, man. I get to serve right alongside each and every one of them and get to see the hearts and what God is doing within their lives. And I'm so thankful for that. But I, I wanted to quickly brag on my kids. Uh, proud, mo- proud dad moment yesterday, right? Uh, I'm a father of three. I have two twin-year-old, eight-year-olds, and a five-year-old. The five-year-old is ready to uh, use her bazooka there. Uh, but, and I've been married for 14 years uh, to the love of my life. She is somewhere around here. There she is. Anyway. But I just want to brag on them. These kids, man, I'll tell you, they're amazing, and they blow my mind. But uh, they, 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 we had a yard day yesterday. Come on, how many love yard days here in Florida? Whoa, not fun at all, right? But these kids woke up, man, so fired up to do lawn, uh, and, 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 and it was simply because they were going to get an allowance for it. <laughs> I told them, hey, you know what? If you guys help me out, I'll hook you up. That's all I said. I'll hook you up. They interpreted it like a financial gain for them. So we wrap up. We did our full-on yard work, and we're sweating like crazy. And my youngest there holding a bazooka, she looks at me, and I'm like, and I look at her, and I'm like, honey, thank you so much. This is so awesome. And you know what she says to me? She looks at me, and she says, how much are you going to pay me? I said, forget you. <laughs> I said, I'm taking that back. Forget it, man. No, but they are great, man. I get to, I get to see what God is doing in their life, and uh, I'm really, really thankful for that. But it's, ironic. It's, 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 uh, it's funny that we spent the day doing yard work today because, as you can see, I have some uh, yard work that we're going to be getting ready to do here today. Uh, are you guys ready? Amen. Well, uh, I want you to imagine a life, right? Imagine a life that included constant labor. Let's go down this list, Alyssa. Countless lashings, near-death experiences, frequent imprisonments, being beaten with rods, being shipwrecked, sleepless nights, no food, no water, and being abandoned by friends. How many, of you, how many of you guys want that kind of life? Come on. I know it's appealing. Nobody. Nobody wants that life, right? But a lot of us, uh, we think we know what we want for our lives, but do we really know what we want? None of us would choose that, that's for sure. Do we really know what's best for us in our life? For me, I have found the process of agriculture uh, intriguing. It's, it's caught my attention. As long as I have been in this walk with Christ, 
the, the process of agriculture has always intrigued me and how much it relates to the way that we live our lives as believers. And I want to, do we have any gardeners here today? Yeah, we got a little bit more than first service. They were kind of looking at me like, huh? <laughs> Good stuff. All right, I, don't, I want you to keep your mouth closed. Keep your mouths closed. Don't, don't say anything. Don't cheat. Don't tell anybody what I'm about to say because you guys know what I'm talking about. But in the process of agriculture, right, I'm going to give you a lesson on what just this is all about, right? Here we go. So the process of agriculture is this, right? Pick a seed. Pick whatever you want to plant. Pick whatever you want to see, whatever fruit you want to cultivate. <coughs> Dig a hole. Dig a hole. Make space, make room for the seed to be planted in. Bury the seed. Bury it. Cover it up. Right? Cover it up. Next, water. Fertilize it. Take care of it. Give it its nutrients and watch it grow. Simple, right? Let's go make some plants. Let's go, let's go make some fruit, right? Very simple. If we look at that process, we're like, okay, I think I can do that. It's no surprise to me, though, that Jesus often illustrated agriculture in his parables. He spoke about roughly 30, 30 parables within his lifespan, and six of those were about agriculture. Back in that time, if you owned property, if you had a vineyard, if you had uh, animals, you cultivated these things, you had power, right? You had stature. You meant something. And so I want to show you guys a, a couple pictures of what, uh, back in Jesus' time, what it might look like to have a vineyard, right? In his time, a vine would be cultivated, planted, left to grow for three years before even being allowed to bear fruit. Can you imagine the patience level? I want my food and I want it now. We leave out of, the, we leave out of church and we want something quick. Three years before it is even cut back to see, or it even produces the, the grapes that it needs to produce. Every time it tries to bring forth a bunch of grapes, it would be cut back. Why is that? Because after the third year, the grapes would be allowed to grow on their own, but by then the branches were strong enough to support the amount of fruit that it was going to bear. And so then it would just continue. It would be cut back again after the fruit-bearing season to then begin the entire process all over again. Man, does that remind us of our life does that remind us of our life? If we go back to that agricultural list, there's a missing word there that I didn't put, and it's pruning. How many of you cringe when you hear that word? Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like it, but I've been through it. I know exactly what it is. Pruning. You see, this list is fantastic, right, if it stayed that way. But seven has to just mess everything up. Pruning just has to mess everything up, right? Why can't something just happen and we enjoy it forever and ever and ever? Well, that just doesn't, that's not what happens in the kingdom of God. 
if we are going to develop and grow, there's a process, a maturation that needs to take place in our life. And it actually begins right here. And so scripture mentions it roughly about 10 times. It mentions the word pruning, right? And so the definition, if we're going to go off the clear definition of what pruning is, right? I'm giving you Webster here. To trim a tree, shrub, bush by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. Simple, right? Understood. Why is there a need to do this process, though? Why is there a need? Can't we just enjoy the fruit? Can't we just bury it, let it grow, enjoy it, be done with it? Let's see why. First reason, to give the vine its shape and structure. You see, I, I need to make sure that this vine not only is going to grow and cultivate the fruit that I need it to, to cultivate, I need it to, be, to go to the direction that I, that, I, that I need it to go to. I need it to be in, in the right placement. If you look at a lot of these vineyards, they're, they're lined up in rows, and I need everything to follow this line, alignment. If we don't do that, then what ends up happening is the branches begin to grow upwards, begin to grow sideways, everywhere, and it just becomes a mess. There's no control. What's the, why is there? The second reason is this. It allows the vine dresser to control the amount of fruit that the vine produces. Right? It's, you know, yes, that, does that, that, when, I, when I read that, I'm like, but that doesn't make sense. But it, it actually, it's good. Because we don't want the, vi the, the vine to overgrow too much fruit. Because as we mentioned earlier, the branches will not be able to support the amount of growth that is taking place. And it will snap. And so I want to talk about Jesus' perspective on pruning. And what exactly he said about it. Because he mentions it one time in scripture, but it's, it's enough for us to really dial in attention to and focus ourselves on. If you have your Bibles with you, let's go to John chapter 15, verse one and two. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Look at somebody and tell them, we are pruned for purpose. We are pruned for purpose. So as we look at it in Jesus, how he referenced it, what does pruning in our lives mean? What does it mean? In the spiritual realm, there is a process which we enter into which God cultivates and develops us into a healthy vine in his vineyard. And he, he references it time and time again. We are pruned for purpose. There is three, the purpose of pruning does three things for us. If you got pencil, paper, write this down. You got your phone, write this down. Three purposes of pruning. Number one, it relaxes our grip on things we are holding on too tight. It relaxes that grip. I think immediately about the, the rich young ruler, and he came to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I have fulfilled all the law. And because I've fulfilled all the law, what else is there for me to do? I've done it all. 
I, 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 I give my tithes. I, I go to church. I do all the things that are necessary for me to be blessed. What else must I do to advance myself in the kingdom of God? And Jesus looks at him and he says, give up all your possessions. Give up everything you are holding so tightly to and then come follow me. And then we can talk. And what does the Bible say? The rich young ruler puts his head down, turns around and walks away. There's nothing he can say. His grip was so tight on his finances, on his stature, on his position. He didn't want to let that go. What's another reason for pruning? It helps us give things over to God. When I can relax my grip on something, then it allows me to push it right over into God's hands. But I can't relax my grip on, I can't give God something that I just haven't let go yet. I, it, it helps me give over something to God. I think about the story of Abraham. God promised Abraham a son for years, I would make you a great nation. And for years, Abraham reminded God of this promise in his life. And the very moment that God delivers, God says, all right, Abraham, I want him back. I can only imagine Abraham's thought process going on there. How can you ask me to give back to you what I have been waiting for so long? But God was pruning. And what does the Bible say? He was, he was getting ready to do what God asked him to do. And he says, stop. Now I know you will give me everything that you have. Now I know you will release everything. You have loosened your grip on the promise. For many of us, sometimes we, we hold on so tightly to the promises of God that we forget who even gave us the promise. We forget who, 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 who put the calling over our life, who gave us the gift in our life because we're holding on to it so tightly. And God was telling Abraham, hey, I need you to give up what I promised you. Give it back over to me. And Abraham did that. And he did it in an amazing fashion, in, in a way that I don't even know if I could. But what's number three? It teaches us to learn how to trust in God deeply. See, I can't trust God if I am holding on to everything that I can control. If I have control over things, then that means God has no control over it. It doesn't work both ways. I can't control a situation. I can't control these things in my life and then think that God is fully in control. No, he's not. We're not and he's not in the business of asking 50-50 here. He's asking us to give him full control of what he's asking from you. And I can't do that if I am gripping tightly to the things in my life that are holding me. If I can't let go of the things and give it over and release it to God. I can't do that. Many of us are not where we should be because we are avoiding this pruning process in our life. We don't want to go through it. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't want to go through it but it's necessary. Why is it that we avoid what is necessary for us? Because guys, pruning is painful. It hurts. Pruning is painful. 
Last Friday is a Friday I don't ever want to remember. I, if you guys saw me last week, I was bandaged up, and we, uh, and Friday was, was, was a crazy day. If you could pop that picture for me, Alyssa. Are, you, are any of you guys familiar with this park here in, in Winter Park? Amazing park. I love this park. It's one of my favorite parks, and I think I go here more because I wish I would have had it when I was young, but my kids don't ever want to go to this park. And I'm like, man, I, I want to go for myself. But on this particular day, this is our, uh, mind you, this was our second park that we attended on Friday, which I should have thought to myself, you know what, one park is fine enough, but this is our second park, and my daughter Aria warned me. She said, I don't like that park. I don't think we should go. I'm like, we're going to go. I want to have fun. I like this park. So I'm pushing my son. I FaceTime my wife just to check up on her. And Aria's t- uh, talking with her. And, and all of a sudden, I stop my son. And right away, I tag him. And I'm jetting, man. I'm hitting those steps right there, you see. And this park, man, it's amazing. Like, uh, obviously, for a taller individual, you still got to kind of duck down. And, but, but for kids, man, they're just zooming in, going right through, a little different hiding spots. It's so, so cool. But for me, on this particular day, I thought I had clearance. I thought I had clearance, man. I thought I knew this park from top to bottom, and I did not. I'm booking it, and my son's chasing me. And little do I know, I whack myself right in the head. Boom. Right in that bridge. I left blood. I, I left. My mark is in that place. I hit. Thank God I didn't have a concussion. I didn't have, you know, I didn't black out or anything. But I am just bleeding everywhere. My kids are ecstatic. My wife hears me. Uh, that initial blow to my head. She's like, what is going on? And, and if you guys know P- Puerto Rican Hispanic women, you know, yeah. they're going to make themselves known. Right? And so you hear her. And she's going frantic. And because she's frantic, my kids are frantic. And I'm just trying to calm the situation down. And I'm the one who's hurt. Right? So after a full day of all of this, and there was so much more as well. I won't get into more detail, but I ended up in the ER getting, getting glued up, patched up, and yeah. <laughs> Who likes pain? Did I, did I wake up that morning and I say, yeah, you know what, man? I just want to get banged right in the head. Like, that's just what I want to do. I'm signing up for that. That's the type of day I want to go through today. No. No one, no one signs up for pain. No one signs up for pain. No one says, I, I'm willing to endure this. I, I want to go through this. I, I, I like this. This is good. No one is saying that. So pruning is, faith, is painful. It's hard. It's a tough process in our life that none of us want to go through. So when we go through this pain, we go to God and we say, God, how can you know what you're doing when I am still sick, when I haven't gotten the healing that I, that I want, how can, you, how can you know what you are doing when I'm still living from paycheck to paycheck? When I lost my job, when I lost my rela- some relationships in my life, how can you know what you are doing? And I find it so surprising. Why is it that we assume that God is just stumbling into our future just like us, like we are. He's not. God knows exactly what's happening. 
He's not surprised by what you're doing. You haven't caught him off guard at all. He knows exactly what he's doing. Why do we find it surprising that, our, or, 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 or that, 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 that he has the same perspective maybe as we do? He doesn't. He knows beyond what we do and what he's doing. He knows. And for some reason, however, Christians, we seem so surprised that spiritual pruning may be so painful. Why is it painful? Because it exposes us. It exposes the areas of our life that we are trying to hide. It exposes the areas of our life that we don't even want to face in our own life. It exposes things. And when you expose things, it's out. And that's the painful part. That's the painful part. I have to release control of what I'm exposing. I have to release control. The book of Jeremiah 29, 11 says it. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare or peace and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. God knows exactly what he's doing in your life if you just trust him. You see, the presence of pain in your life is not a sign of destruction. It is a sign of development. The presence of pain in your life is not a sign of destruction. It's a sign of development. God is developing you right now in this season that you are in for such a time as this. And you will not understand what exactly is taking place. But he could be preparing you for what is about to take place in your future. There's been plenty of moments in my life that I said, God, why am I going through this? And I sit years later and I say, man, thank you. Thank you for teaching me that lesson. Thank you for building that type of relationship with that individual that I needed because I was going to deal with the same personality later on. So number two of why we avoid what is necessary for us because pruning is misunderstood. We don't understand what pruning is. We don't understand it. And I wanna, I wanna help you understand because there's a difference between pruning and discipline. And for many of us, we think that because we're going through hardship, God just, I did something wrong. We're like children. If you do something wrong, there will be a consequence. And so when things happen in our life, we think it is a consequence of something that has just happened and don't know. And we think God is just picking on us and he's sitting in heaven and just saying, ha, I want the worst for this person. That's not how it is. And we misunderstand the pruning process in our life. See, pruning is to help us give over an aspect of our life to God. And to be blessed in return by a greater blessing. But discipline is to help us give over a condition of sin that we hold dear and to be blessed by the removal of this sinful condition in our life. That's the difference. If you know you are in wrong standing, the disciplines that are occurring are because of that disobedience in your life. If you are in right standing with God, he's pruning you. You got nothing to worry about. 
He's developing you. He's cutting away. You can trust that. So discipline is punishment for, to, to correct disobedience. Pruning is not punishment. Pruning is development. Pruning is growth. Pruning is what we think is punishment, but in God's eyes, it's growth. It's expansion. It's, it's creating something greater in you that's going to support the future that he has for you. How many are understanding? Have you considered that pruning can actually be going on in your life because you may be in right standing with God? You may be in right standing before the Lord. But like I said, he is just wanting more. And how many want to go further and deeper with God? How many want to go further and deeper in their growth with the Lord? Well, it's going to require more pruning. It's going to require more cutting back. And not many are signing up for that. I talk about it, you know, in my life. I sat in many different situations wondering. I remember one vividly, man. One evening, I was working at GNC, and, and I started bawling. I started crying because I said, God, how can you be doing anything? My twins were, were, were just born and making minimum wage. And, I, and this is coming off of, 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 of me working my butt off. Uh, in, in getting my architectural drafting degree and getting and doing the things that I was supposed to and nothing would stick. And here I am in this place, me knowing that God had a calling over my life. And how does this even match? How does this even match what, you, what, what I believe you have for my life? And I, I was bawling. And I was just in tears because I said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to create something here for myself. I need you to come in and I need you now. I need to understand what this process is because I just don't understand what exactly is happening here. And little did I know God was pruning my character. He was pruning my character through taking, through not allowing me to possess certain things that I desired, not allowing me to get uh, to certain places that I desired, because I wasn't finished yet. And I'm not finished now. But I wasn't finished at that time. And now that I stand here before you guys, I can see what development God was doing in my life. And I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Because it's created in me a branch that can blossom and grow fruit without breaking. But let me tell you, it's going to come back. He's going to cut back again because he's growing us into his image. I love this quote by Christine Kane. God prunes us when he is about to take us into a new season of growth and expansion. If we're called to be like Christ, we must accept the fact that we will experience a growth pattern and process in our life. So how do you allow pruning is the question. How do you allow pruning? Let's go to that next slide. Removal. Removal. 
removing whatever inhibits spiritual growth, relaxing your grip on something that is hindering your growth. When I reference back to Paul, I see everything that Paul went through, right? And for many of us, if you have read your scripture, you know that Paul had a miraculous encounter with Jesus. He was a high-statured Pharisee. He was a high-religious leader at the time, persecuting Christians, and he was out on a mission till all of a sudden Jesus came to him, blinded him, and he had an experience, an encounter that changed his life forever. And we see that story, and immediately in Acts chapter 9, we see him preaching in Damascus. So we're like, oh man, this guy is getting ready to, he's just ready to, to light the world on fire, right? God took away the scales from his eyes. He had an encounter. He has all, he has the recipe to, to, to succeed. He, he encountered Jesus himself. But then after he speaks in Acts chapter 9, we do not hear from Paul for another three years. What do you think was happening? In Galatians chapter 1, he expresses the time span that he was away. What do you think was happening at that time? God was removing things in his life. Removing the old thought processes in his life, the hatred that he had for Christians, removing the envy, the anger, taking it out. Someone that encountered Jesus, got to see Jesus, still had to go through a process. We're never gonna avoid it, guys. If you are wanting to grow in God, this is a part of what it is to grow in him. And it requires you to prune, to be separated, to remove certain friendships in your life that maybe you have to remove in order to get yourself to the next level, to remove relationships in your life. Some of you guys, man, God is asking you to begin to look for more, for a different work because the one that you currently have, all it does is take you away from your family. It takes you away from God. And you, you, you feel empty. What, what else? How do we allow pruning? What's the second thing? Renewal. Renewal. Renewing your mindset. Renewing yourself. Renewing the commitment that you made to say, I am here to keep going. Yes, it hurts, but I need to renew my mind in God daily. Every day, I need to keep my focus and my strength in him because that's the only way that I'm going to get through this. And the Bible says it in he in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. When I renew my mind, I know what God is asking me of me. When I renew my mind, I'm opening up the gateway for God to do what he desires to do. I can understand what he wants. I know him. That's how I know that he is pruning me. That's how I know that he is working in me, that it's him that's doing the development in my life is when I am in one with him. I have opened my mind to him. I've opened my heart to him. And when you do that, you're one. You're connected. You know what he's asking of you. 
And what's number three? Removal, renewal, refocus. Refocus. How do we allow pruning in our life? When we refocus ourselves on him. When we open our lives to the spirit of Christ alive in us, he begins to produce the fruit of his presence in our lives. The Bible says it in Hebrews chapter 12, 2 and 3. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, focusing ourselves on the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen, even Jesus needed to refocus himself. As he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see the the human, the fleshly side of Jesus where he doesn't want to go through this process that he's about to go through. And he says, Father, if there's any other way that you can take this cup from me, please do so. But God says nothing. And because of that, Jesus understood there's no other way. I need to refocus myself. The pain is hard. This is difficult, what I'm dealing with, but I need to refocus myself and find strength in who God is because he's going to get me through it. You know, when I think of these words, renewal, refocus, if you could put that back up, Alyssa, those three. Removal, renewal, refocus. When I think about those three things, I think about one word, action. If I want to allow the process of pruning to continue to go in my life, I have to take action. Daily, I have to take action. Daily, I have to remove the things that are setting me back. That's an action. Daily, I have to renew my mindset. That's an action. Daily, I have to refocus myself and recenter myself. That's an action. It takes our part and we have to put it in. We have to put in our part in the process that God is working through. We just don't get to sit back and let him do and just allow him just uh, do all the work. God is asking us to daily to refocus and recenter ourselves on him. If not, the branches will not be able to support the fruit. And so I go back to that list. Alyssa, if you could bring that list up back to me, uh, the, the list of Paul and all his sufferings. If we look through all the things that Paul has endured, right? He goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. By his continual renewal and refocus and his return to the greater reality of the Spirit, what I'm saying, the continued renewal, refocus, removing, By continuing that process in his life, Paul was able to face hardships. He was able to sacrifice luxury and advantages while declaring in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. If you could pull that for me, Alyssa. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to with the glory that is set before me and revealed to us. Come on now. You're telling me a guy that's going through constant pain, constant labor, constant torture, 
is out here making these proclamations, Romans 8.18, that none of this compares to what is, what is about to be revealed to us, what I'm about to encounter in my life when this all is said and done, that's powerful. It lets us know and reminds us that whatever you're going through, the glory, it doesn't, amount, it doesn't account to the glory that will be revealed to you in your future. It, it doesn't compare. What God is ready, getting ready to set before you will not compare to what you're enduring right now. I promise you that. I'm sure you guys have seen my tree. I got it yesterday with my children. And if I, I want to invite the worship team to come up uh, with, uh, they can come up and join me. But I, I purchased this tree yesterday, and it's beautiful, right? Looks good. Hibiscus tree. Only because I read it on the label. <laughs> Hibiscus tree. You see, us Christians don't like pruning just as much as children do not like getting shots. Every time I take my kids to the doctor, there's this anxiety over my children. And they just think the worst thing. And when pruning happens in our life, it's almost like we're acting the same way. I don't know what's happening. You gain this anxiety and this stress over your life where God is saying, I got this. I'm the one doing the work here. If we are called to be like Christ... We must accept that we will face and experience a growth pattern and process in our life continually. Whenever the Lord prunes us, whenever he prunes us, he gets his shears, he looks at our life. And whenever he prunes us, we lose a part of ourselves. Emotions, mindset, we lose part of ourselves. But we have to trust that the creator knows exactly what he's doing. It's not easy to lose yourself. It's not easy to lose pieces of yourself that you've been holding on to for so long. But God says, if you allow me to prune you, I can create you to the image of who I am. I can, create, I can create something new in you, but only if you will allow me to do the pruning, only if you will allow me to do this in your life. If not, then yeah, you might see some fruit. You might see some growth but it's, it's limited. The branches will not be able to support the amount of fruit that you're gonna bear. And I think for many of us, we sit and we, 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 we can, we'll take in any blessing we can. And we'll say, yes, we're, we're in a good season right now. And we hold on to it and we grip it so tightly that God says, hey, I'm ready to start over again. 
I'm ready to continue this process again. Are you ready? Or are you still living on fruit that we produced years ago? Because I'm ready to produce some new fruit in your life. I'm ready to produce some new vines and new plants. I'm ready to cultivate something new within you. But you keep holding on to what we produced years ago. If you could close your eyes today. God the Father is asking us today, do you want to grow? And our response is yes. I want to grow, Father. And he answers you today and he says, what are you willing to cut back? Because growth requires a cutting. Growth requires death. If Jesus was to uh, achieve uh, our salvation, there had to be a price to pay. There was death that had to be made. If you are wanting to grow in your life, there needs to be a death in your life. There needs to be a cutting away in your life that you are allowing God to do what he wants to do. And you're surrendering your will. You're removing what needs to be removed. You are renewing your mindset. And today is that time for you. Today is that time for you. If you want to grow, if you want to deepen your relationship with God, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to cut away? What are you willing to die and put away and give up in your life today? Thank you for tuning into the Genesis Church Podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you want to connect more with Genesis Church, you can find all of our information at www.genesischurchorlando.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando.